You're listening to the Savvy Citizen Podcast. I'm Adam Gobb. Today on the show, we've got a really powerful episode for you. We're talking with our team award winners, three of the four of them that won the Gaston County Team Award this year. We're going to be talking with Bernadette McBride-Brown from our Gaston County Social Services, Evelyn Terrio, and Helen Gonzalez from our Public Health Department about how they have done some amazing outreach to our Haitian community. Welcome back to another edition of the Savvy Citizen Podcast. I'm Adam Gobb. I've got Dandre Bradley alongside me today. And uh, we've got two very special guests that are part of the team that won the team award this year for Gaston County. Um, and we're talking to them today about the work that they've been doing kind of behind the scenes. Um, so I'm going to have each of them kind of introduce themselves to you. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the work. Hi, my name is Evelyn Tario. Um, so I'm a breastfeeding peer counselor for WIC for the Gaston County. Um, and it's a pleasure being here. Hello, my name is Helen Gonzalez. I'm the TB control nurse here at Gaston County Health Department. So you both work for DHHS, but WIC is more in the social services side of things, or is it public health still? Public health, yes. Okay. Um, how long have you both worked for the county? I've been for 12 years. Okay. It's been 12 years. A little over two years. Okay. So the the reason that the um there's there's four individuals that were part of this team and um I guess three individuals from public health and one from social services but um there's a group of folks that have really been working in particular with the Haitian community and uh, Evelyn maybe talk to us a little bit about kind of how you first came to interact with some of the folks that have been settling in Gaston County that have been coming from Haiti um well I noticed there was a huge population coming in and um part of my job is to actually go to the hospital and do hospital visits for moms that has just delivered and that's where i met my first mom um she was part of the peer counselor program and i she called WIC and i noticed that when i was at the hospital they needed some help with translation um they know a little bit Spanish. So that's how I ended up kind of communicating a little bit more um, in helping them and how um, getting communication with the um, nurses and doctors as I was there to translate for them. And um, not realizing that they needed a lot more help than just, um, you know, what I do for them to help them to breastfeed the baby. Um, and that's how I started. And um, little by little, I um, they started calling me more and more, and I ended up giving them my personal phone number and um, to translate for um, doctor's appointments, translating for um, especially register the kids to school. I think that was the main thing that was I was more focusing on. Um, this this family had two kids that had not been enrolled in school yet, and um, um, I was a privilege. Previously, before this job, I was a, a preschool teacher, so I understand the importance of education. Absolutely. Um, and that's where how I started, and um, from there, it just, you know, the trust grew with them, and next thing I know, the teachers were calling me um, to get parent conference one-on-one -on -one with them. Mm. And next thing I know is that teachers are calling me because um, kids, one of the kids needed... Um, dental um work on their teeth and sure. 
they didn't know how to communicate with the parents. So with a little bit of Spanish and thank God, thank God Google, right? <laughs> Google helped me a lot to um, also use uh, Creole because um, that's what oh, they wow. speak. They right. speak Creole. So with the Google and my little, their little Spanish, um, we ended up, you know, getting that trust. So not just that trust of getting them appointments for their dental mm -hmm. um, immunization. So right. and then. It just started with one family, and then from there on, I, I word went around knowing <laughs> that hey, here's someone that can help with registered kids at school. Hey, there's someone here that can you know go above and beyond. I, I think one of the things I have learned is um, willing, willing to go above and beyond. Mm. Not just here's the phone number for you to call. Right. Mm -hmm. he, it's more into hey. Let me call and see what I can do for you. Let me get that appointment for you. Um, can I have the permission to, you know, help you, you know, get everything you need to register the kids in school, to get the dental appointment? Um, teachers, different schools. Next thing you know, different schools are calling me. Oh, my goodness. Um, hey, the kids missed their school bus. So I, <laughs> I would take time off and go pick up their parents and go pick up the kids. Um, wow. Just understanding of a, a four, four, five, six years old kids crying and lost. First of all, lost because they don't know the language. Right. right. And it's sad to say that most of the schools don't have someone that will speak Spanish, mm. mm -hmm. someone that will speak Creole or even French because most of them do speak French too. So um, with one family, started with another, started with another, and that was my few families that I ended up, I call them adopting. Uh -huh. I adopt one family at a time, and once I finish completing their needs, I would change to something, you know, another family that they, whatever needs that were, they will have. But we'll talk about the rest of the needs. <laughs> well, I was going to ask, at this point, you said you started with one family. How many families um, have are you working with now? Um, at one point, I had at least eight families. Oh, oh wow. my goodness! And most of them just using Google Translation because I didn't know no Spanish at all. Okay. But I just couldn't pass pass the information to them, and not knowing if they got their kids enrolled or if they got you know their shots for their kids or even themselves or the need is just incredible, incredible. So I ended up with eight families at a time. Yeah. Wow. In addition to Evelyn and uh, Helen, who are both here from the health department, we have Bernadette McBride Brown, who's here from DSS. Um, Bernadette, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how long you've worked for social services? Okay, Adam, uh, Bernadette McBride Brown. And I thank you guys for having us. Um, especially in reference to this uh, situation, because it is an urgent need. Um, glad to have teamed up with the health department with this. That's how we um, collaborated together for this refugee team. Um, I've been with Gaston County since 2006. Um, prior to that, I was actually a transplant from Brooklyn, New York. Okay. So I know what it is to come somewhere yeah. and really try to incorporate yourself in the fabric. Absolutely. So um, I, I'm actually the supervisor over the work first team at DSS. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
So we started off with, with Evelyn telling us a little bit about how she first got plugged into helping the Haitian community, saying it really was one family that grew. I mean, it's literally like you, you get that word of mouth from the one family, like, hey, there's this resource, there's this nice lady that's willing to help us. And it just it grew and grew and grew and grew, which is, which is great, but it also kind of daunting, I think, too, because it sounds like there's a real genuine need there that isn't being met. Um, you're correct. I got started with it somewhat similar, but um, like I said, I have a staff of uh, work first job placement specialists and they come in because we can give refugee cash assistance for 12 months. Okay. What was happening though, is that they were coming in and some of them did not have shoes, um, just with socks on their feet. Babies, girl babies had boy clothes on. Um, it was whatever that they could put on their child, however they could make it here. And it was so obvious to see that I actually um, did something and asked for forgiveness later where I started <laughs> um, giving my shoes. Oh, wow. Um, so once that took a fire and I saw the they're so grateful and, and thankful for every little thing that you can do. Uh, my staff began to do that. And the best way also I found out was I started at home. I got three girls and I said, y'all go through your closet and we're gonna be getting some stuff for these people that are in need. And, and that's really how I got involved in it. And then there was just bigger needs. So we started the shoe closet. From the shoe closet going from the trunk of my car <laughs> to uh, a closet at DSS. And from there, other people on my floor in the building, um, Angie Karchmer, uh, Michael Kuhn, Angie Sanford, April Smith, all stepped up, gave donations. And that's how we got the clothing closet started. I put my hand on the pulse of a couple of churches. So all of this is takes a village. When you're looking at this community, and I know one of the things that maybe is a bit unique is that, I mean, Haiti, for all intents and purposes, is a failed state where you don't trust the government because the government basically doesn't run the country. It's run primarily by gangs. Um, so how do you develop a relationship with people that don't come from a place where they trust government workers? Well, in, in my case, my family's from the Dominican Republic mm -hmm. and we're a bordering country with Haiti. And that relationship isn't good either. Mm. So we get the barriers that we're from government and if they are undocumented, undocumented, they don't want to be involved too much with them. They're afraid of asking for services because they're afraid they might be deported. Right. And they know some Spanish. So when I offer to speak in Spanish, they'll, sometimes they'll tell me, where are, you f where are you from? I say, I'm Dominican. And immediately they sometimes know they sometimes are not mm. a little hesitant mm. with that. So... Um, what I use to kind of break that up a little bit, um, because there's not good relationships in those two countries. And as I told me, you know, I'm, my uncle's Haitian. Uh, mm. where my family's from the border. So I would cross over to buy groceries sometimes in the Haitian stores um, with my aunt. So I know a lot of the culture, I know the food. <laughs> so that kind of helped. But um, always the first thing is always the language that if they know some Spanish, I am Latin so I can help translate. But it's interesting that you talk about the shoes because that's 
Oh, it was a big deal with me as well. They were, um, I got together with one of our interpreters, which unfortunately wasn't able to be here. Keith is the other mm-hmm. um, recipient of the award. And he gave me a connection that um, of, a, of a Haitian woman involved in the church. And I called and I said, well, what can I do to help the community? She told me they need shoes. She mm. goes, it, it was cold already. And she, they come in slippers. They don't have anything to cover up their feet. And um, I said, okay, just give me, give me what, what you have. She gave me, you know, gender, age, name, um, anything I need, size. And the health department was willing to assist, but um, they assist in other ways. We'll talk uh, later about that. But I didn't want them to go into that detail because it was just very specific um, to look for uh, the size, the age, the mm-hmm. gender of each person. It was a lot of children. And I said, I'll take care of it because it's, it's the holiday season. I know people are busy and it's a, it's, it's a lot of work. So um, I took it upon myself to take care of that aspect. So we were able to go and take care of, at least they had warm shoes last winter and um we assisted with food that day as well and other things but um going back to the other needs i want evelyn to talk um evelyn to talk about that well with the trust that i got from them Mm. i was able to go into their homes um as i was um helping them i realized that there was a lot of kids sleeping on the floor um there was a lot of family members in one household. And I understand that. I'm from El Salvador. My parents left El Salvador because of the war. So, you know, when you come from a country that is poor as well, you, you, you're familiar with that families or that need. Um, so I always tell everybody, I, I'm, I'm a person that if you reach out to me, I will find the solution. I will I will go above and beyond to find the need. I am not just going to give you a phone number to call someone else because I don't know if that person's going to, you know, do the same as I would do. Um so going to houses, we have donated about five beds, dining room tables. God refrigerator, stove, um, clothes, food. Um, I, it does take a village. I'm going to say that too. I want to, you know, thank the community because I would just get my phone and send 20 texts to everybody. And I would say, I just, I have this need. Can anybody help me with a bed? Can anybody help me with clothes? Can anybody help me with food? Um, Luckily, I was able to talk to some of the principals of the schools that I, that were contacting me, and I would let them know. So because I have few families that trusted me, the principal trusted me in taking um, donations that they, re- that they got from different churches for Thanksgiving, um, Christmas. So I was the little Santa <laughs> going to all these different homes that I knew, um, donating whatever the churches would donate the schools. So I thank the schools and the churches for that too. Um, but that's how we, you know, that's how you start, you start realizing what their need is. 
and helping them as they go. Um, so I had that connection with them of if you you're if you're friendly and you're open and you're just sincere and generous, it's it's part of their opening the doors to you um, because the need is there. I think one of the biggest needs besides all this furnitures and clothes and food is transportation. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's, I, I think I would definitely advocate so much and be like, what's the point of you offering free programs, free programs, free programs, when they cannot get to the programs? Mm -hmm. So I was one of them that I will fill up my van and be like, there's a fair, there's a free place, there's a free clothes, there's a, let's, let's go. I would take you. Because it's great to have free clothes, it's great to have free food, but how are they going to get to that place? So I realized that was a need as well, too. So, um, so that's how, you know, the need, you look in each family, what, what they're needing with their kids and moms. Sometimes they don't have jobs. Right. You know, it's just so hard for that, too. And I, and I like the, the connection she had to go to somebody's home because I was going with, with the church. She was able to really connect with the family and, and able to go to their homes. And something that I didn't know that she told me uh, that they were able to get food from lots of churches, but they didn't have hygiene products. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I went to the nurse council meeting that our administra nurse administrator had set up uh, once a month, and I told them, you know, what do you guys think if we get some things together, some hygiene products, literally soap, toothbrushes, toothpaste, because you can't get that with food stamps. You right. just can't. So I mean, that's part of public health. And they were on, they were so on board and. One thing that amazed me is what Evelyn told me. They're asking me for the plastic Rubbermaid bins. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I didn't think that to be a, like the three main like housing, clothes, food. I didn't. Right. It was more into putting their food in there. In the cold um, weather. And outside. sometimes they don't have a closet to where to put their clothes on. Sometimes they might be living there for a week or two weeks and gotta grab their stuff and go. Um, you're talking about a house that they might have 20 people living in there wow. because that's how the community is. You help each other. We're there for you, we're gonna help you. So sometimes they were just friends from a friend from a friend that they were all living there together. And I understand that. That's how it was for when I, when I moved here, I was like four years old. I remember being in a house with all my aunts and my cousins. So I, it was a familiar um, environment for me. Yeah, so we were able to, the, the nurses, even from Highland, not only from, from our health department and, uh, and Gaston County and Hudson, but also the nurses in Highland, everybody got involved. I got those big bins so they can, and then everybody just filled them up with, I made a, a cheat sheet, <laughs> like you don't want to miss, you want to have soap, you want to have, you mm -hmm. know, women, you know, feminine products, you want to have toothpaste, you want to have toothbrushes because you can't brush your teeth without toothpaste. So deodorant and, and, and a list of things so that every bin had, you know, big size, like family size. So they don't have to, they share everything because they don't have. So at least every family had their own bin and their own things. 
And I and I thank Evelyn so much for that because it, it's uh, it's not easy for them to allow you to to their home. Right. You know. I remember one time for Thanksgiving, our church donated well, hams. And this turkeys. is this because one of the nurses at the health, uh, at the at the nursing council meeting, she belongs to a, a church in in Belmont. She told me, Ellen, um, I see the need you all have. I can, we can do a box for each family. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think we had like 13 families. It was a lot. So she said, but you need to go to the church and pack everything for everybody. So my mom, which is 80, turns 80 this month. Oh, wow. Me and her went. And my mom worked that day. We worked making boxes. You can imagine. <laughs> it was like 20-pound turkeys, 20-pound hams. Oh, my goodness. And I told her, <laughs> Well, now we have two boxes to take. How are we going to take this? <laughs> we don't have the cards. And it was so cold. Oh, it was my gosh. so cold. That, oh, my God. It was so cold. And I had to go to all the houses and dropping off. There were sometimes five families in a house. So we had to drop off five turkeys, five hams. Oh, me and oh, my man. husband. He was helping us out, too, because yeah. there's no way we can. Yeah. And then, you know, thank God for our family, too, that they understand. Um, I thank God for my husband, my three kids. They're they're familiar with this. I mean, there's come to a, a time that we have offered our house because there's family in need. Like, they've been evicted. They've been, it's just, you know, husbands being sick and they've been laid off. And we have offered our house. We have offered, I mean, it, it's just... When you have an open heart and open, and your hands are just open to just give, it's going to come to you. And either you just say, here's a number, you can go here, or you can say, let me see how I can help you too. Just like she was saying, she has opened her closet. How many of us have, have done that part above and beyond and say, I have so many shoes, let me give some out. I have too many clothes, let me give some out. I have connections. You know, I love having connections. I always tell everybody, if I don't if I don't know, I will look for the answer and do what I can, not just give them, you know, it it's really more into willingness. You have to have that will to say I'm going to help you. Well, I will tell you this. I respect um the fact that y'all are familiar because I will honestly say that I am not in a lot of ways. So one of the things that I did with my staff is I had to get some literature on what was going on in Haiti Mm -hmm. so we could really understand, because they were coming in. They are still coming in, okay? So we set up a transportation class for them um, where we taught them with, um, we have the family, the Pearsons, that are awesome in the, Haitian community here. And we set up a class, a transportation class, where we taught them how to ride the bus. Mm. I can, uh, and I talked to my girls about this. They don't know, they have not been on the bus. Right. I live by, too much is given, much is required. Yes. So when you think about that, and you see people coming in saying they got shot coming here, They had no shoes. They had to leave children behind. They were kidnapped, and they they escaped. And then you look at your situation. How can you not do? Mm -hmm. 
How can you look at someone and turn your back? For working for Gaston County, we are servants first. We are here to serve. And that is the premise of this collaboration, where the social service department got together with health department, and we're seeing what each other does. So there's so much more that we can do with this community. And I can't help but to keep saying it, it really takes a village. I have to say that I've seen a change already in, in the Haitian community since, since we started, since last year. Because I, I shop at the, super, the Latin supermarket here, and I can see that they're assimilating more to the culture and able to use their money. And I can see the difference from only a year ago. So I've seen the change, and I'm hoping that we have something to do with that, I hope. How, how large do you think the Haitian community is here? I mean, are we talking a couple hundred people? Well, it more. keeps growing because most of the family that I have helped are either coming from California, okay, which that's where I'm from also. Well, 14 years ago, I've been living here, but from California, some New York, some from Miami. I mean, it's, it's just they're, most of them go to Charlotte, but then they have connections and be like, I know a friend of a friend of a friend that lives in Gastonia. So, um, yeah, it just keeps growing. And let's not discount the fact Gaston County is very friendly. Helpful. Yeah. And word spreads. Mm -hmm. So when they see us, they see America. We're willing to help. Yeah. We're, we're what they know of America, what they ran away from and then they're coming into. So it, it, we, it would behoove us to work together and to treat them human. If you cut them, they will bleed just like you. This, this, the, you're talking about how many Haitians are here? Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. In each home we visited, there were over 20, 25 mm -hmm. people. Wow. We went to lots of homes, and we didn't, we didn't touch the surface, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. She had a connection with them, and they won't allow you into your home. You know, some people won't allow you. So, Some of them are, um, won't come out. Okay, so our caseload, I would say we have about 50 families that are receiving. This is family, so there may be four, five, six of them in a family that are receiving the uh, refugee cash. We also have those that um, are working. They are a proud people, and they want to work, and they are afraid that they will be in trouble. So they're kind of living secretly, too. Yeah. I, I had heard somewhere that one of the things social services was able to do is, is work with some of the local employers to connect people to actually help get some of the folks in this community hooked up with employment. Yeah, and that is one of the best things. Um, I'll just give you an instance of, of, of a situation where the gentleman um, came here, started off in Charlotte, came to Gaston County because he heard from some other people, go to Gaston. And uh, we have an excellent employment division of that Work First department. And when they came in, we took their application. The gentleman left his children and his wife because he was kidnapped. And he had no choice to e either to keep running 
or go back and risk his family all getting killed. So he took off, and I mean, you can see the struggle that he had because he went by foot, then he was on, he was from land to water. He ended up in Texas where he got off. And um, when he got here, depressed, a lot of mental health because that is traumatizing. So he said he just wants to work because he's got to get his family. We got in touch with um, Dole, got in touch with our WIOA department, made that connection, and we let him go through the process of doing it the right way. So we wanted to get him registered to work, getting him a social security number that authorizes him to work. Well, I will tell you guys, within, within a three-month period, he was authorized to work. He did not waste any time. We got him an interview at Dole. Does not speak the language, but they let his brother come and translate for him for the interview. Do not need to speak the language at that particular job because he's handling fruits, vegetables. And he works 40 hours a week making $15 an hour. That is a success story. That's America. That's Gaston County. I say go Gaston. Absolutely. And that's where I talk about um, helping above and beyond for them to get to social service, to get their to get their social. They need transportation for that. For them to get food stamp, they need transportation for that. For them to get Medicaid, they need help with that too. And that's where I was helping the kids trying to get Medicaid because it's been maybe two years they never had seen a doctor. Think about this. The teacher that called me, this boy, seven years old, he had to be, five teeth had to be pulled in pain. Every day we'll go to school in pain until finally the teacher says, we got to do something. Can you please help me? I had to find out where the parents, who the parents were, if they spoke a little bit Spanish, how can I help you? Let me go and see how I can get appointment for this child. And luckily it's been working great and he's done with that appointments, but we don't have to think about this little stuff like this, that they no medical service at all or eating what did they eat in their country and yes this is haiti population but you're talking about everybody else immigrants that comes here this is everybody's life no we didn't my family did not leave el salvador because you know we didn't have a better life over there we left our country they, my mom and my family left their country because of war just imagine you being 10 years old, nine years old, and you had to be a warrior at that moment. And they would take you and it's just horror stories. And thank God, I thank the Lord for that, that I'm, my mom decided to leave me there at two years, years old. Just like every else family here, 
the Haiti have left their family, their wives, their kids. Sometimes moms have left their kids over there. And, and then sometimes it's, we, we, we say, why are they here? Why? Why not? Why not? As a mom, you will go above and beyond to take care of your kids, feed your kids, to have a better life. So the community, it's us. Gaston is all of us. Have an open heart and understand why they're here and how can I help you? So the need is out there. We opened up at our health department. We have a refugee um, program now that we started from scratch. So we have a provider that's in charge and we go through what if they have immigrated from, let's say, Chile or, or Brazil, which sometimes um, they'll speak uh, Portuguese and we can work that way as well. Um, they come, we can see them there. They can bring their documentation from immunizations from another country. We could put them into the system into the state, into NCIR, and we can see what they need to get, what, what they need to get, what immunizations they need, what they need to get so they can get their paperwork in place so they can move to that green card. You know what I mean? So we started that program from scratch last year. We didn't, we didn't have a refugee program. It was only in, the closest one was Mecklenburg. Um, and it was a, a collaboration of, you know, nurses. I'm, I'm the nurse for that. Uh, program as well, but everybody, it's you know, starting a program from scratch, policies and procedures, and it, it which, you know, definitely we try to help the community. We try to get them what they need so they can, you know, move in the, in the forward direction that they're looking for. That's what they're here for, you know, to work. And without that baseline, they won't get that Social Security card. They need that initial health screening, all that process. So we opened up that clinic, um, that program, um, last year. So we have that as well. But and you talk about the the connection, being able to get into the homes, and and part of that is being able to speak a little bit of Spanish. But it seems like a big part of that for for both of you, Helen and Evelyn, is being able to speak to their journey, like having lived it yourselves. Yes. Um, it's not just, oh, I can, I can communicate with you, but like, I mm -hmm. understand mm -hmm. where you're coming from. I think in my case, I, I was born in the United States, but I did live in, in Dominican Republic for four years. But I think the way I connected was telling them, I've been, I've been to Haiti. Mm -hmm. I've shopped there. My uncle's from there. I eat the food. Give me some, you know, give me some griot. I'll, I'll, I love that food. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think that kind of like breaks, breaks the ice, if you want, to let them open up. Because they're sometimes a little hesitant with government employees. Yeah. I think also our connection also as my family went through that journey, went through the border the same way, suffered the same way. Um, just hearing stories from every Haiti family, how they got here, it will break your heart. Oh, my goodness. It will break your heart. Like... I thank the Lord that I have my God in my heart because it's, it's hard. It's tough to hear stories, how they, the struggles they went through. And for us to welcome them, God, that's the best gift. That's the best gift. 
the suffer that they went through and us receiving them with open arms, it's the best gift that we can give them. In my case, whenever they come to the, whenever I have a client in the health department that comes in, I see many people because in my specialty, not the refugee program, that of course they're coming in, but they have an idea of the process that we're going to be going through. They, the case managers explained it to them. They have some kind of idea. But even my specialty, which is the in in t- in tuberculosis control, um, I have a lot of people that come in through there because they need that screening for the government papers to be able to get their green card and eventually start working. That's my time to connect. That's my time to tell them, what do you need? Tell me what you need. Whatever I don't know, I will find out. And I will find out. You call me, give me your number, and... And I get somebody that can translate if they need, because sometimes the Spanish is a little limited and, and it's not enough for you to have a good conversation. So I'll get, I'll get Keith, which is an amazing asset to, he couldn't be here today. He's the other one that was on the award. Doesn't uh, Keith speak like a number of different he languages? He speaks Portuguese, <laughs> which helps a lot with uh, many that are coming in through, um, He's amazing. coming through Brazil, they, mm-hmm. the children will speak Portuguese. Mm. The parents don't, but that's a, that's a help. Sure. And then we'll take what we can get. Um, we also have, obviously, you know, electronic type of translators. But it's sure. good to have that person-to-person connection because they feel like like a relief mm-hmm. that somebody can understand what they need. And that's what I use. You know, I tell them, what do you need? I have people call me all the time. Leave me a message. I call. Oh, I'm calling because I found that they're giving away shoes somewhere. Can you find out for me? I said, okay. And that's what I do. I call because I said they're giving something away, but it's saying to scan. I don't. I don't have a phone to scan. I said, okay, where did you see it? <laughs> Let me find it. Mm-hmm. Then I scan it and I see what it needs. And then I call them. Okay, this is what you need, we need to do. We need to register this. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what we do. And it's and it only takes one person. They're not alone. So once they once you help them, their families and their friends will call you. I think the way. I think the way I know about these families is not just Haiti. I've been doing this since I recall I was 18 years old. I heard a radio station that Nicaragua had an earthquake and they were asking for clothes. I went door to door and made hand flyers and said, I'm going to come on a Tuesday at 5 o'clock picking up clothes because I'm driving all these clothes to that station radio station so the way i meet my you know people that are in need is like my husband says there's no strangers that i don't know <laughs> no there's not nobody i want to get to know everybody because if you open your ears you will hear what they're going through it's 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 amazing how they'll say I had a doctor appointment, but I missed it because I don't know how to get there and I don't have no money to get there. I've met, I think the best story that I, I will never forget is there was two sisters that they came from Atlanta, which I'm be- their friends were still with me. And it, this happened like four years ago. And I met them and um, they were outside of the health department. I said, what are you guys doing here? They're like, well, I don't know how to get home because, and they were both pregnant. One of them was like literally doing like in three weeks. And I said, here's my number. I said, 
if you give me permission, I would take you home. And from there on, I helped them. When I realized, when I went to their house, they didn't have no furniture at all. No cribs, nothing, nothing, nothing. And once again, I got my furniture. <laughs> I got my living room set and I donated it to them because they needed it more than I did. And that's where they slept. That's where they slept with their babies. Their husbands will work far away. But little things like that by just stopping and say, hey, how are you doing? How can I help you? That's how my families have started. I started helping each family, knowing that it's just, they just need beds, furniture, I mean, a, a dining table or a cribs. They were sleeping. Some of them, some of these families are sleeping with their babies, newborns on the beds. Mm. With how many more kids of their own? Just little things like that. Just stop, listen, and see how you're able to help them. It might be something as simple as there's a church that are giving food or clothes or let me get the address. Let me see. Because some churches do have transportation. So why not? go do that extra miles for them. You know, you get the messages on my, my recorder and half of them are related to my program and the other half are, hey, I, I talked to you three months ago and you helped me with this. Can you help me with this? I'm like, and sometimes don't forget to leave a number. So I have to go <laughs> to the system and say, okay, who, what number did right. they call me about? Yeah. <laughs> so um, they'll be like, Helen, you have five messages. So, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, I, I, I'm, I'll get them now because I know that it's help with other things, but they know that they can call me. I, and, and when you're in the community, like they remember you. They come up to you, hey, how you doing? And, you know, I'm, and I say, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, I'm doing good. So <laughs> it's, it's nice. It's nice. Mean, they're my neighbors. To be in a position like this, though, um, where you have the opportunity to be able to make such a critical difference in people's lives and then not only to have the opportunity but then to charge forward and 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 take it on and and knowing that you know it's going to re require a lot of you you know this is this is more than a full-time job it is um it, it, it's ex extraordinary mm -hmm. yeah just imagine they'll be calling you or anything just can you help me with, it could be any time, at any time. And like I said, we, we, we're very lucky that we have our, the support with our, from, from our family, our husband or our kids. And sometimes I remember those times that I had to pick up some furniture from here, from there. And luckily I have a truck and I will send my son, <laughs> go pick up that table and take it over there. And then next thing you know, it's like someone else is calling me, oh, by the way, so-and-so needs a crib. It's like, I have connections here and there. And I, I, I think I have become that connection. I was my connection. <laughs> like I literally called her the other day. I have a stroller and I have a carrier. And, you know and I'll be <laughs> like, oh, you have all of that? Let me have, let me find out who has it. Open your doors, open your house. I mean, just, I have someone living in my house right now. She's been there three months already. And she's a young girl who, you know, going to university and she needed some somewhere to stay. and. I was like, come, come here. I'm helping. I'll, I can help you. You know, just not knowing, you know, n not getting nothing back. 
do not do not do this thinking what can i get from this or how can how can no the blessing is going to come from someone else the blessing is going to look at this hmm. look where i'm at right now look at where we are right now who would have thought helping few family we're going to end us ending end us here yeah i had i was when we got the award i actually deleted that email i'm like oh that's not really and then my boss is like did <laughs> yeah. you get an invitation i said oh yeah but i'm not gonna go no helen you need to go you're, you're. <laughs> and i'm like how do they know how i still don't know how they knew the stuff that we did we even like, got that um ambassador yeah remember? like i didn't i'm like how they we didn't do this for anything and i rather would not be up there <laughs> but um that we, was like um today with this uh my uh, bosses over at DSS, I said, I don't think any of us responded. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't see any response. And then finally, I'm like, well, I don't want to get in trouble. Mm. So let me see, do, do I need to respond? And then I reached out to you guys saying, now, are you guys planning on going? <laughs> I think sometimes what you do in the dark, mm -hmm. it comes good. to light. Amen. You know, and, and, and those are the things. You never know why it has to be seen. Now, uh, Adam here asked us, um, how does someone that want to help, help? Well, I think I'm thankful for this opportunity. You can call DSS. You can call me. Um, 704-862-7909, McBride Brown. Um, I'm going to ask you, what do you do well? What can you do? I'm going to, I look at people now. My husband says, why are you looking at him? I'm trying to see what size he wear. Because there are kids. <laughs> mm. There's yes. some big kids now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at how tall this gentleman is. <laughs> you see, I'm looking at his shoes. Yeah. And, and that's what, sometimes people don't know what to do, but they want to do yes. something. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they just need that little push. And I think that we may have been put in position to be that push. I don't want to be up here either, but you know what? <laughs> if, <laughs> if I'm called, I'm not going to deny the call. And we're going to call this episode the Reluctant Podcast Guests. <laughs> <laughs> I think with me, is like when I got the Good Samaritan Award, I felt that was enough for me because I felt like now I can let everybody know that there's a need out there and go ahead and be, you can be a good Samaritan also. And then when we got, when I got this award, I was like, oh my goodness, I don't want to be out there. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't want to be out there. I, I, I want to continue doing this because this is, this is me. This yeah. is me. This is, this is my everyday life. After work, I got something where to go, who to call. This is, this is my life. But and to that point, I think it can be easy to sit there and go, well, anybody would do this, but it's not true. Not anybody would do what you guys are doing. So I think um, the way that you've stepped up and connected this community um, to Helen's point earlier about seeing just a change in, in, in a year's time. I, absolutely. I mean, I'm not plugged into that community, but I believe it. I believe absolutely that you have changed lives for the betters and set people's path on a better course and made their, you know, kind of what to Bernadette was saying, 
made them feel welcome in, in Gaston County and in America. And what better way to kind of live out, you know, what you want to do as, as a human being. So, um, I want to thank each of you for, for being willing to come on, even if it, it, <laughs> it was not your, your first preference, but, um, it, absolutely. We've very much enjoyed getting to hear your stories, getting to hear about some of the work that you've done behind the scenes. Um, as Bernadette mentioned, call her if you're interested in getting involved, if you're interested in helping, whether it's just donating items or finding out ways that maybe you can help with transportation. There are, there are many ways. If you're willing, we will find ways to get you plugged in. There is no doubt about that. Can I add, just so um, you know what we're doing, one of the things we're doing in the future, which is awesome, you ladies will love this. Um, so like I mentioned, the Pearson. So Miss Helene and I, are pretty close, and um, she's we amazing. are start yeah. amazing. She that's the only word ago. for her. No, she would have shut down this whole podcast. She's <laughs> a person you need to yeah you interview. have to experience. Her. She's amazing. Well, we are going to be doing um, literacy classes. Oh wow! Beginning August nineteenth with Gaston Literacy, another collaboration. Um, and you can use that same number to contact me to get on the roster. DSS will be hosting it. We will be using the auditorium. Um, uh, Linda McConnell uh, with Gaston Literacy will be coming over. We have a teacher. Miss Helene found the teacher. And um, they're going to learn how to speak the language. Wow. And you know what? I think I'm going to learn a little Creole. There you go. So I wanted to make sure we interject that. It's going to be a trial period. It's going to run for three months initially, and then we'll start another class. I I, I do want to thank you also um, for educating yourself of the background of, of these families or the Haiti uh, community because that's what we need to do. Um, we got people from everywhere, everywhere, same type of need. Same type of problems, same type of scenario. So I thank you for that. Educate yourself. Why are they coming? Why are they here? Why? Listen, hello. It's hola. Just saying hola to them. It's like, wow, a welcome word for them. And another one say thank you as well, because I had, um, I was taking care of a, uh, a Haitian gentleman, well, him, his wife and his newborn baby. And he told me that, I told him, why did you select Gastonia? I just wanted to know. And he said, they told me that there's a place I need to come if I want to get a job. I don't do that part. That's your part. <laughs> so you're doing something right. <laughs> I'm like, that's good, that's good. Adam, you done did something here now. <laughs> you're going to leave us all in tears. It's all about connection. I, I, I feel that this journey that I started way back then has brought me to where I am now, and it's about connections. I want to be that one person, and I think I have become that one person that I will connect you to that place, person, that will help you and I'm gonna get it. I go through it, not just send them. I will go through it. Um, I, and I think that's what this community is about. You know, this village is about helping and having that connection of where where can I take you at? There's many churches, so I think every church as well, that have been doing this. 
not just for the Haiti family, but I thank them for that as well because they do understand the suffering um, and the need. I'd like to thank the, nurse, the, the churches as well because when we first started this, there was no church with that spoke Creole. Didn't exist. So we, I was calling one of my friends in Florida that her husband's a, a pastor in, and he's Haitian. I said, can you come over? Can you? We mm. need somebody here. We need to, and um, so I, I want to thank the the churches out there. I know of one, but I know that there's more. There's much more now. Um, I was told that the that also there's a, a market where they sell Haitian food. I haven't been to visit there, but it's was it off York, I think. So the community is coming out to help. So I want to thank everybody. It's definitely, like you said, a huge team effort and. And if our neighbor is doing well, then so are we. Yeah. And I want to thank all my friends, co-worker that I have sent <laughs> emails, <laughs> texts of needing of, of me needing something that, you know, this family is my need. So thank you for those that donated beds. And <laughs> thank you so much. And this very podcast, Gaston County, we have an excellent venue here that we are able to get this word out today. Yes. Um, did not come here fired up, but I'm fired up now. <laughs> Good. I, you I did will, something right. That's then. right. I will be getting these people's cards yes. um, because this is another partnership. This is another collaboration. <clears throat> I'm so excited. I'm going to take this back to social services. I hope they're ready. Good. <laughs> Yeah. And I thank you two ladies. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thank you to all three of you. Thank you, Dandria, for co-hosting today. And thank you, everyone, for listening um, to another edition of the Savvy Citizen Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Savvy Citizen Podcast. It's produced by the Gaston County Communications Office with hosts Janet Schaefer, Dandria Bradley, Elizabeth McGee, and Adam Gobb. Joshua Braswell serves as executive producer, and Gavin Stewart serves as field reporter and producer. Please like us and share reviews on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere you get your podcasts.